Hello friends, today we are going to start in the book of Acts. So before we get started, let's go ahead and pray over the word that we'll receive today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you've given us. We thank you for the people in our lives and we thank you for all the blessings you pour down in our lives. We pray, Lord, for your knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to be able to grasp the word that we're about to receive, to put it to work into our own life, and to be able to share this word with whoever needs to hear it. Help us, Lord, to bear the fruits of your spirit in all that we do, and allow us to be a beacon of light for your love, kindness, grace, and mercy. Holy Spirit, be breathed into us today, and allow us to walk in your guidance in each and every step. Give us your discernment in all things, and help us to understand the truth behind today's message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the book of Acts actually has an intro. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. It's not too long. Luke's second volume is known as the book of Acts. See the invitation to Luke. Acts for more detailed information on the gospel of Luke. The six parts of the book of Acts each describe a new phase in the expansion of the Messiah following movement outward from Jerusalem. These sections are all marked by variations on the phrase, the word of God continue to spread and flourish. First, the church is established in Jerusalem and becomes Greek-speaking, allowing it to spread its message throughout the empire. Next, the movement expands into the rest of Palestine. Third, Gentiles are included in the gathering of Jesus' followers alongside Jews. Fourth, messengers are sent west into the Roman province of Asia. Fifth, these messengers enter Europe. In the sixth and final phase, the movement reaches the capital city of Rome and into the highest levels of society. God's kingdom is thus announced to all nations. Okay, so now we're starting in Acts chapter 1. This section is called Jesus Taken Up Into Heaven. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. 
Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This next section is called Matthias Chosen to Replace Judas. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about a 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us for his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. So that is the end of Acts chapter 1. I want to get into verses 4 through 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Everything always works for the good of those who love God. And though you may be in a place where you see chaos all around you and you don't know if you're going to make it through the storm, lift your eyes up. Instead of focusing on what's around you, focus on God. Because I promise you that whatever you're going through, God is so much bigger than everything that you're going through. And he will pull you through. But it has to be in his perfect timing. There is a reason that you're going through what you're going through. Wait on the Lord and you will begin to see his hand work in your life. He will take you out of whatever you're getting through. But it has to be in his time so that 
you can fulfill the purpose that he has for your life. And whenever we are baptized, we are coming into agreement that Christ died on the cross for our sins and we're being washed in water to be made clean. But when the Holy Spirit comes and baptizes us in the Holy Spirit, it is so much stronger. You feel the Holy Spirit just move within you and you come to realize how much God has done for you, who you are in Christ. And the Holy Spirit just has a way of filling you completely. You start to understand that you are not all the mistakes that you've made. You're not all the failures that you've done in your life. You are not what people say about you. You are a child of God. And you start to see his mercies renew each and every morning. Then these next verses, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you going to, at this time, restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The reason that God does things in his timing and not ours, and he doesn't let us know the timing of what he's planned is because we would try and rush his timing. We as humans have this fault of needing to be in control. And so if we know a date and a time, we will make preparations. We will get things ready. And then once that date and time comes, if nothing's happened, we're going to give up on it. Also, the fact that we know the date and time we plan everything. But God doesn't want us to plan. God wants us to consistently be ready. God doesn't want you to say, oh, well, there's my appointment. I should get ready for my appointment that day. God wants you to wake up every day and say, this may be the day. Let me prepare. Every day when you wake up, we should prepare to be in front of God and show him the children that we have put before him. The children that with the Holy Spirit in our hearts, we have brought to God. And so it, when that time comes, if you have nothing to show for the love and mercy and grace that God has shown you all of your life, how disappointed would God feel when you're standing before him and he's given you everything to have a good and righteous life, but you have not brought him anything? Stay prepared because we really do not know the day or time that God is going to change everything and call us up to heaven and ask us, who have you brought me? 
I hope that you guys enjoyed this message. I hope it reached whoever it needed to. It's a little bit lengthy, so I am sorry about that. But that's all the time that I have, so till next time.